the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Woohoo! Welcome to the show today. We are excited to have you here with us today. Today we have a, a phenomenal show ahead of us, especially because we are in the book of John uh, of course, God's Word, and we will pick it up at uh, John 6.37 as soon as we get to that latter portion of the show. But today, our guest is Cleta Riojas, who is the founder of Freedom Generation Higher Education, which is an educational center that is literally run out of a church. So with that... Uh, Cleta, let me uh, just tell me a little bit about how uh, how this educational center is going now. I know that uh, uh, the children are all back now, and and you are now uh, teaching, and the rest of the kids are all showing up, and the rest of your teachers are doing a phenomenal job. Tell me a little bit about how that's going right now. Oh, thank you. So it's going amazing. Um, we had a great start. We just um, finished our third week, and we're going into our fourth week. And what's amazing is that the children have completely um, engaged the whole structure and the freedom of being in an educational environment where they can thrive um, educationally and spiritually. So uh, let me just ask you a quick question. Uh, do kids have to wear masks and be vaccinated in order to go to your to go to this educational center? So we are um, a private uh, ministry. So what that is is um, our parents are part of what we call a PMA, private um, member association. And so in the um, private sector, it's out of the public sector. We have the freedoms to be able to exercise our constitutional rights, and with that, it gives. Um, parents and students opportunity to decide for themselves and their children if they choose to mask or uh, vaccinate. That being said, um, most of our parents obviously choose not to mask their children and, and, um, and or uh, vaccinate as well, because it is a essentially a homeschooling um, environment in, in place of a public education. And so and within that, there's much freedom for the parents. So uh, one of the uh, things that uh, I know that you have there is chapel time. Tell me a little bit about chapel time. Okay. So um, chapel time, basically, it's what we have. We, it's Tuesdays and Wednesdays is when we meet for uh, chapel time. And what we've done is we have pretty much have a Bible lessons that reflect on uh, Christ-centered and where it highlights his word, and it helps to strengthen the student's identity in Christ. And we focus a lot on identity. That's something that's lost in 
what we, what we found in in the public sector, and we pretty much focus on teaching America's youth to know and understand the United States Constitution. So what we do in chapel time, we open up with worship, which is led by our students from our music club. We call, they call themselves right now Freedom uh, Freedom uh, Worship. They're, they're coming up with a name, which is amazing because we want them to be able to find and create their own logo for that. So it's led by children. Um, our Bible lessons um, are focused on memorizing the first chapter of John, and I kind of wanted to just share something real quick in regards to that. The reason we chose to focus on memorizing the first chapter oh, of John is, uh, excuse me, um, in public schools of New Jersey in 1816, they did an annual report every year. And during that time, a student, by the time they reached second grade, had memorized the entire Gospel of John. And that's in every public school kid that was in New Jersey in second grade. And this is in 1816. Well, when you look in Pennsylvania in 1892, every week at public schools, the children were memorizing one chapter of the Bible or a great piece of literature or a hymn like Onward Christian Soldiers or American Grace. And it's interesting, I mean, I think of myself, I mean, or in general, how many of us can say we've memorized two major things um, from public schools and are we getting enough of that in our lifetime? And one of the things I think when we were, we decided as an educational center to uh, bring the children back to the basics is if we do not get back to the Bible as the basis of what we believe and stop adding stuff to it, I call it the junk food of you know education, like remove the junk food, then we're going to see a lack of the same preservation from the church in America. And America is, will be totally redefined. And it will be our fault because we have not applied the Bible to all of that. And so um, that being said, that's why we are focusing on bringing the children to memorize that. And then the lastly is um, our Constitution 101. So the children, of course, we bring them through um, learning and memorizing the preamble. And then we give them details of the Constitution. We essentially take them to, a, we'll say, catechism of the Constitution. And we go through kind of a Q&A and help them to really build that foundation of understanding how our country was uh, built. Wow, it sounds uh, very, very interesting. Let me ask you uh, another question. Um, do the kids or the children at this uh, educational center, which is actually held at, at the Cross Church yes. in Oceanside, um, do they get a chance to like mingle and get together and be able to play a little bit uh, lunchtime, maybe? <laughs> yes, you're, are you referring to clubs and things like that, or mostly? I'm just referring basically to do they get to mingle outside of clubs? Do they? Uh, I'm sure they have a lunch break. <laughs> yes. During their lunch break, do they get to play like children, or are they strictly? You sit over here. You sit there. Oh, <laughs> that's a good question. Okay, so um, we teach from a very Socratic type of. Method. So, in other words, um, of course, you know, you teach the concepts. Of course, there is that somewhat lecture environment in the sense of teaching the concepts, the new concepts to the children. But our focus mostly is engaging them because many times, in order for a child to be engaged in um, 
learning environment. It's having the opportunity to have hands-on, um, building up their self-esteem and building them up essentially to be able to culture healthy relationships, um, not only just with each other, the students, but outside. And so, um, you know, anything that is engaged outside of the classroom is also built around teamwork and building each other up. Nice. Very good. So there's no kids fighting each other, (laughs) bullying each other? No. And we don't actually, that's interesting you say that because that's something that we do take pride in, in the sense of really partnering with the parents. And we have our basic like student code of conduct that we have all the parents and students go through and really understand that we're creating a safe and healthy uh, environment for the child, both uh, spiritually and educationally. And that's very important, I think, because many times a lot of that comes from a source that can be, um, you know, like the bullying and things like that. It's what is, where is that coming from? And it's always a spiritual um, attack in many ways. And so, uh, of course, we do not tolerate that. And so we uh, definitely take pride in the sense of creating a safe, uh, loving environment for both our children and our teachers. So tell me what a Monday looks like at your educational center. Okay. So Monday is we have uh, our classical conversations community and they meet once a week. And what they do is um, they go through, which is uh, classical conversations, a classical conversation community has been around um, for, for many years. It's basically a proven Christian education program that was created actually by parents for parents And they educate through a Christ-centered and uh, family-friendly approach. So basically, on Mondays, the academic levels that are offered are what they refer to them as foundations. Foundations is ages 4 to 12 years old. And then essentials, which is ages 9 to 12 years old. And um, next year, which is really exciting, we're actually going to be kicking off Challenge A, which is our middle school, 7th grade. And that's going to be in the fall of 2023. Fantastic. So right now, uh, you have uh, grades preschool to sixth grade? So we call our, because we're an educational center, we're actually, our younger ones we have offer, it's called Little Missionaries, and that's in our Freedom Generation Educational Center program. And Little Missionaries caters to ages um, uh, three and four-year-olds, three three and four-year-olds. And then when they get to... About kinder level, we have what we call level A, and that caters to, um, you know, the kinder to the first grade level. And then we have level B, which goes on up to third, fourth, and fifth, and level C, which is fifth and sixth. And we put those in there as kind of a a marker, but mostly we kind of see where the child's at. Many times we found that when children were coming from um, public schools, they were two years behind in their education. And so um, typically sometimes we might put them in a level B only just to kind of fill in the gaps where they may have lost building that foundation. And within a year's time, we've pretty much helped them to catch up. Do you offer any clubs? Yes, we do. Um, We have uh, uh, some interesting clubs right now that we offer. And the clubs that we have specifically on uh, Tuesdays is our um, is our theater club, and our theater club is 
one of the one of the things that we offer in our theater club. Let me go to um, our Tuesday theater club. We have students here. They have opportunity to basically pursue God through their love of theater and drama. And music club is on Wednesdays. So those are the kids that lead, um, you know, wor- uh, the worship during chapel time. So those kids are. Um, also have the opportunity to practice performing um, in front of live crowds in the front of their peers every Tuesday, Wednesday, as well as Wednesday in front of more of a larger group um, and being able to have that opportunity. And then we have student council, which uh, recently they just um, uh, voted and we did this whole voting thing. It was really, it was amazing to see the kids be able to see what it's like to vote for somebody. And so they uh, had student council, president, vice president, treasurer, and secretary, and so on. And that gives them the opportunity to develop basically leadership by organizing and carrying out school activities and service uh, projects and things. So they're the ones that will put the school calendar together. They'll do the yearbook, you know, your basic student council, and and really just standing up there um, every chapel and just kind of letting all the rest of the students know, hey, this is what we have coming up, and um, this is what we're doing. So, for example, I believe in two weeks they're going to have pajama day, and then they're going to do crazy hair day, things of that nature, and then they'll mention field trips. Fantastic. You know, we recently had a a Supreme Court decision where prayer is now back in schools, uh, and it started with the coach that was literally let go for praying on the, on the football field with some of his students. Um, do you got uh, guys that are at your, at this educational center, uh, do they have the opportunity to be able to pray and, and at least be able to learn to pray for some of the children that don't know how to pray? Oh, that's good. So we actually, um, really focus on every single class. And let me back up on the chapel time. I did forget to mention, um, we do the Pledge of Allegiance. We, um, it, within the Pledge of Allegiance, they also focus on the preamble. So they memorize the preamble with the pledge. Then we go to the Christian flag and, and so on. But apart from prayer, every time before they start a class, they actually have a time to pray. And so we give each student an opportunity. We ask them, who would like to open us up in prayer? And then before we end class and transition, who would like to close us up in prayer? Oh, that's pretty awesome. So listen, I want you to uh, please uh, stick around for a little bit because I want you to close us out in prayer when we finish the latter part of the show. Uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, letting us know what Freedom Generation Higher Education is all about. And I am sure you you guys are going to have a great school year. Uh, You have your church or your your educational center at, at the Cross Church in Oceanside. What's the address there? Yes, we're at 2112 South El Camino Real in Oceanside, California. We're um, on the outskirts of Carlsbad and Oceanside. So what's the phone number there? Uh, 760-994-3534. Thank you so much for uh, being here on the show. Woo! Welcome. If you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas. We just finished a, a great interview with Clita, 
who is the founder of Freedom Generation Higher Education. And it is very important to be able to raise up your children in godly ways. Uh, But as we continue this latter part of the show, we are going to delve and to dig deep down into God's word so that we may be edified and be and have this great joy that comes from knowing Jesus personally and knowing his word and being able to apply it to our lives. Last week, we ended with this fabulous uh, uh, letter that John is writing to us in John chapter 6, and we finished with uh, uh, last week with 635, when Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Those were some powerful words that Jesus said. What he essentially was saying is, I am your supply. I am all you need in the spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm is really what's more important to all of us. But what John did in the in this book in his book that he wrote to us is that he uh, quoted Jesus the s- seven times uh, when he said "I am." Uh, the next time he quoted him was in John eight twelve when he says "I am the light of the world," and in John ten nine he said "I am the door." In John ten eleven. He said, I am the good shepherd. In John eleven fifteen. 15, he said, I am the resurrection. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In John 15, 1, he said, I am the true vine. What powerful words Jesus was saying about himself. He was literally telling us that he was God. And if you remember the story of John, of Moses, excuse me, you know that Moses had an encounter with God and in the burning bush. And as Moses is, is talking to God, he says, who should I say sent me? And he said, I am that I am. I am in sending you. That is powerful. Jesus literally is telling us that he is the I am, that he is God. He is the same person who spoke to Moses. Uh, One of the things I want to remind you of that in John 8.58, later on in Scripture, as the religious leaders are, are talking to Jesus and questioning him and asking him, who are you? He finally says, before Abraham was, I am. At that point, they were angry and they wanted to, to kill him because he was telling them the truth of who he was. But as we continue in scripture, in John 6.36, it says, but I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. He is saying, you see me now and you still do not believe me after proclaiming that he was the I am bread of life, that he was the sustainer. All that the father giveth me shall come to me and him that cometh to me, I will in no way 
cast out. This is a phenomenal verse that we just read because there is a paradox in this verse. And the paradox is that you cannot come to God unless he, unless he calls you. But yet, Scripture also teaches that when we ask Jesus into our heart, at that point we are saved. We probably don't have the capability of fully comprehending that as human beings because those two meet at the right, perfect time in our history. And if right now you are going through something difficult and you need someone to bless you and help you, know that Jesus is willing because he is the bread of life. He is God himself. And as we continue in John six thirty eight, it says, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. This as well speaks volumes. In this book, John tells us at least eight times that Jesus came down from heaven in 633, 638, 641, 650, 651, 658, just alone in this chapter. And then it occurs twice again in John chapter 3, verse 13 and 31. But listen to this. Seven other times it says that he came from from above or from God. And we see that in John 3, 2. John 3.31, John 8.42, John 13.3, John 16.27 and 28, and John 17.8. And the reason that is repeated so many times is so that we would know that Jesus came from above, from heaven itself, a place where he abides. But here's what's beautiful is Jesus is everywhere at one time, and he knows exactly what is in the human heart and in the human mind. And that's why he is the bread of life, the bread of life. And that's why in Micah 5, 2, it tells us that he he was going to be born in Bethlehem, a small little city. But what's interesting that it says, whose goings forth have been from of old from everlasting. He is from everlasting. And God the Father personally prepared uh, a body for him. And we see that perfectly in Hebrews 10, uh, verses 4 and 5, where it says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, This is Jesus, sacrifice and offering that wood is not. That wasn't sufficient, but he says this, but a body has thou prepared for me, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One times one times one equals one, one God. Verse 39 says, and this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but shall raise it up again in the last time. That is the God that we serve, and that is the God that you can serve if you don't know Jesus, is that life continues. It isn't something that 
gets extinguished, you continue to live. The soul continues to live. And there is a choice of where you want to spend the rest of eternity. But as we continue, it says this, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up the last day. That is a phenomenal verse. I wanted to make sure that when we looked at this verse, we could see what everlasting life is. And in Revelations chapter 21, it says this, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, Jaw, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bright adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will do well with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be their God and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things pass away. And he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he saith unto me, right for these words are true and faithful. And he, and he said unto me, it is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the everlasting fountain. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. These are the words of Jesus. Everlasting life. No more crying. No more death. No more pain. This is everlasting life. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday through Thursday, along with the classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for fall 2022. Visit them online at atthecrossoceanside.com. That's atthecrossoceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. Thank you for being here on the radio with us today. Thank you for listening to this message. And I believe that whether you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ or a non-believer, if you have, if you believe in nothing 
Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God is speaking to you. And as we continue in John 6, 41, it says this. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. They were murmuring because he was all they needed. He was the sustainer. They understood that I am the bread was was something more powerful than the manna that that fed the Israelites in the desert. 42 says this, and they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? They know that his earthly stepfather was Joseph and that his mother was Mary. They knew because there was rumors that were swirling around that Jesus uh, was born out of wedlock, that Joseph wasn't really the father during this time. They knew, but Jesus now is proclaiming something powerful. He was the one who was born of a virgin birth. He is the one who was called Emmanuel, who means God with us. He did come down from heaven. And yes, that was his true mother. And yes, that was Joseph who raised him. 43 says this, Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, murmur not among yourselves. He knew their thoughts. He knows everything. No man can come to me except the father, which had sent me draw him and I will raise him up the last day. That is powerful. The father draws you to Jesus and he will raise you up in that last day. The last day for Christians is when he comes back. And as it says in Thessalonians four seventeen, that we will be caught up in the air to meet Jesus in the clouds. That word caught up in the Greek is harpazo. Uh, in the Latin, it was translated rapturo. And that's where we get our word rapture from. It means violently snatched up. It means that it is faster than you can think. You know that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says that at the twinkling of an eye, we shall receive these brand new bodies and the dead will rise first. That is telling us about the rapture, about when he's coming back. The last days for Christian is when he comes back for us. Yes, there is an end of times, the day of the Lord, when he comes and sets up his kingdom, when he literally steps down into human history in Israel. 45 says this, it is written in the prophets and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the father cometh unto me. You know what Jesus was quoting? He was quoting what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 54 in, in verse 13, when he said this, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the, the peace of thy children. I love how that chapter in Isaiah ends off where it says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and the righteousness of me, saith the Lord. Our righteousness, 
our being rights, our right standing comes from knowing Jesus. You may not know Jesus today, but you may be hearing this today. And Jesus is calling you because you're hearing this. It's not by an accident that you're hearing his word being read to you. 46 says this, 646. Not that any man had seen the Father except he which is of God. He has seen the Father. Jesus was in his presence. Jesus is from eternity. There's a there's this fabulous story that Daniel tells us in the book of in the book of uh uh Daniel chapter seven, where Jesus is being brought to the Father, and they're both there in the presence of all the angels. Barely, barely, I say unto you, he that believeth on me has everlasting life, everlasting life. Listen, if you just tuned in, you just tuned in to Freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through the book of John, and we are literally hearing his own words as we read along and we just finished 47 where it says that he that believeth on me on Jesus has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Jesus repeats it again for the third time. I am the bread of life. What he is saying is he is our sustainer. Work not for that which perishes, but with for that which gives us everlasting life. Life is short. Life is very short. We don't even know if tomorrow we're going to wake up. We're all a heartbeat away from dying. But let me tell you something, that it doesn't have to end right now. You can know Jesus and When your day comes, that appointed day, you can be with him. All this madness that is happening now in not just our country, but around the world, how we see things closing in matters nothing because Jesus is coming back. And the day you leave this planet, we have a choice and the choice is now, heaven or hell. I choose Jesus, choose Jesus today. Your father did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die, not die spiritually, not end up in hell, not die, but end up in the presence of God. I've heard people say, I'd rather spend my rest of my eternity in hell, partying with my friends. But let me tell you something, folks, if you're listening to this right now, hell is not a party. Hell is a place of agony, a place where the torment is so bad that you wish that someone could just dip their finger in water and put it in your tongue. Hell was not created for you and I because It was created for the devil and his minions. The Bible, as we continue, says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Somehow something now is stirring 
them. They're confused. How can this man be the bread of life? How is it possible? But later on, as we continue to read, um, it tells us that he was speaking spiritually, that he is speaking life into you and I and into those folks that he was speaking to at the time. 52, 652 of John says this, the Jews therefore strove among themselves saying, how can this man give up his flesh to eat? He is speaking spiritually. Somehow they're missing the picture. This isn't to be a cannibal. This is the bread of life. This is the nourishment that came down from heaven. Then Jesus said unto them, barely, barely, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood. You have no life in you. There is no life in you unless you digest Jesus, his word and the words that he is speaking to those that wish to accept the spiritual part of life. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath everlasting life, and I will raise him up the last day. Here is a confirmation that life is short. We all know that we have an appointed time, an appointed date with life. But if you want that day to be glorious, if you want it to be a day where you meet your creator and not the one who was created to spend eternity in hell, then this can change your life today. And if you already know, and praise the Lord, this is confirmation that he will raise us up again and give us eternal life. For my flesh is meat indeed and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him as the living father has sent me. I live by the father. So he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. He's promising you life. He is saying, listen, I love you. And I am willing to allow you to be with me forever, your creator. This is not the bread which came down from heaven. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Clearly he's speaking spiritually because a lot of those that ate manna are are probably right now in his presence when he took captivity captive, when he took those that were in this place called paradise to heaven with him. This things said he in the synagogues as, as he taught in Capernaum, he was teaching them. He was trying his best so that they would understand that something Radical had occurred in the history of mankind. God had showed up in the flesh. Many, therefore, of disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? 
a lot of these disciples at this point could not take what they were hearing. When Jesus knew in himself, remember, he knows the thought of every person that his disciples murmured at it. He said unto them, does this offend you? Listener, does this offend you to know that Jesus is God, that he is the bread of life, that he is the sustainer, that he is the great I am, the only one that can take us to the other side. Jesus, the sustainer, does this offend you? 62 says this, What in if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth or maketh or give you life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that Jesus speaks are life to anyone who hears, to anyone who's listening now, to all of humanity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Those are the words from Jesus. They are life. But there are some of you that believe not. He knew. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believe not. There were many that believe not that were following him at that point. But he knew that they did not believe. And who should betray him? Who should betray him? And he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except they were given to him of my father. He repeats it again. You can't even come to Jesus unless the father calls you. There is a paradox because the Bible also teaches that when you're in distress, when you're tired, when you know that you need a savior, when you come to saving knowledge that you call to Jesus, that you ask him into your heart, that you say, Jesus, I believe. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you're God. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Help me. What a phenomenal book. The Bible. The Bible. Verse 66 says this. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. You know what's really interesting? Uh, that 66, uh, this is the only book in the New Testament that has over 66 verses. It actually has 71. But this verse would be 666, John 666. And it's interesting. We all know that that is the mark of the beast, uh, uh, a mark that will eventually be given to those who reject Jesus completely. But here it says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him, like self-condemnation, like unbelievers at that point who wish not to follow Jesus. John said in his last, in one of his last letters in 1 John chapter 3, that there's a difference between humans that Either you're a child of God or you're a child of the devil. There's an age of accountability that we all reach because we all have this knowledge of there being a God. There's no excuse 
when it comes to that. We are all born with this self-innate knowledge of knowing that God is God and he is the creator. It is what happens later in our lives when we turn our back on him. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is freedom with Adam Riojas. And we are talking about what Jesus is telling these folks after he's been teaching them and after they rejected him, after they left. Verse 67 in John 6 says this, Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? There was a lot of folks that had just could not take what Jesus has said, that he was the bread of life, that he was the sustainer, that he was enough for all of those, that he could offer eternal life. Then Simon Peter answered him and said, To whom shall we go? Thou thou hast the words of eternal life. Jesus has the words of eternal life. There is none like him, none like Jesus. He offers eternal life. He's offering you now the best life you can live until the date that you have appointed with death. He's offering you peace. He's offering you a mediator, someone you can speak with, someone you can go to the Father and and ask in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, in all things whatsoever you shall ask in his name, it shall be done. This is Jesus. Then Simon Peter answered him, again, you have the words of eternal life. And we believe and we are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, At that point, they knew that anyone who proclaimed to be the son of the living God was to say, I'm God. I'm God. And of course, they they understood what he was saying because he was taking them to a place where they could look in the Old Testament and see the I am self-sustainer from eternity. Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you 12 and one of you is a devil? See, Jesus loves us so much that you may be an imposter today. You may not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You may act like a Christian. You may do the things a Christian does. You may say the things a Christian says. You may go to church. You may even pray and not truly have a relationship with Jesus. Just like this man whom Jesus knew to be Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. For it was that should betray him being one of the twelve. Judas was a betrayer. Judas went in amongst them, but was not one of them. There are many folks today in churches who are just religious people. If you today find yourself being religious and pointing fingers and do this and do that, outside of what scripture says, we may have to do a self-examination and see if we are truly in the faith. I believe that Jesus is speaking to everybody that's listening to right now. I believe that there are some unbelievers now that are wrestling with 
with thoughts of suicide, thoughts of cheating on their spouses, thoughts of just going haywire. Even you may find yourself in a place where you have no more hope. You have no future ahead of you as far as you see life. But today, Jesus can change that all around. He can give you eternal life. He can bless you because he is the bread of life. He is the true manna that came down from heaven. He is the person who appeared in the burning bush and spoke to Moses. He is the word that spoke to Abraham in Genesis 15, 1, where it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came onto Abraham in a vision. The word of the Lord. Who is the word of the Lord? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word is with God. And the word became flesh, as it says it in John chapter 1. But he appeared to Abraham. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham. You can put your name right now. Tom, John, Janet, Jill, Joe, John, Matthew, Jerry, Stephanie, Amy, Anne. You can put your name right there. And Jesus is saying, Fear not, I am thy shield, just like he said to Abraham, and thy exceeding great reward. And you know why he can say that? Because he is the great I am. He is God Almighty. In Hebrews, we see something powerful taking place in Hebrews chapter 1 as the author is saying when he says this, let me read this to you. God hath who hath at some time, sun dry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, Abraham, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all of the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. He made everything by Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things, listen to what this says, by the word of his power, God holds all things up by the word of his power. Jesus, the word, when he had by himself purged Our sins sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He paid a price that you and I could not afford or could never pay. He paid a price on the cross at Calvary in Jerusalem for you and I. Jesus loves you. He loves you. And he 
wants you. He is calling you right now. If you're hearing this, he is calling you right now. Listen, our time is up, and I want to thank you for joining us today. And I'm going to have our guest, who was the founder of Freedom Generation Higher Educational, which is an educational center, close us off in prayer. Cleta. So, Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for speaking truth to us that comes from your word, Lord, and, and for reminding us of who we are, that we are truly children of the Most High God, and that if we just call on to you, and you're there. You've never left us nor forsaken us. And, Father, I know that you are setting up a time when your children are able to turn back to you. You're raising up a generation that is going to be on fire for the Lord. And Father, I pray that those of us who have been given the wisdom and the understanding, that we would be able to pour out into the next generation. So Father, we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you and thank you for joining us today. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.